Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways. And I don't like to lose it anyway. What is up, Panther fans? Today is a very, very special episode as we are joined on the 704 cast by an absolutely amazing guest, the deacon of drinking, the sultan of sipping, world traveler, El Presidente, the man, the legend, Zach Luttrell, founder of the Roaring Riot. What is up, my brother? How are you? Man, I appreciate that intro. I wasn't sure if you were talking about me or not when you got like halfway through it, though. So what's up, guys? Appreciate you guys having me on tonight. No, man, we're, we're yes, happy sir. to be Thank we're you. happy for have you here, man. So um, tell us, what are you up to right now, man? In a hotel room? Where are you at? Well, now that the uh, schedule dropped, you know, uh, what was that, last week? My week's also, they're still kind of blending together. But, uh, yeah, we're just putting the final touches on uh, all the trips. Um, you know, basically what we do, um, you know, starting in February, really, like once the season's over, we take about a month off and then, um, you know, we start looking at the schedule and we do as much work uh, for the upcoming season as we can, putting pieces in place before we know the actual date. So, uh, you know, once the NFL drops the schedule and, you know, it was a little bit later this year, it was about three weeks uh, later than what they would normally do. Usually it's the Thursday before the draft. Um, so once all the, the, the dates are out, then we put all the final pieces in place. So, you know, I'm just kind of jumping around, uh, looking at some other, um, some of the cities that we're going to and, um, you know, just getting ready to launch the trips on June 1st. Yeah, real quick, just for the 704 cast listeners who don't quite know who you or the Roaring Right are, can you just give us a quick little rundown background of what it is and the amazing work that you guys do? Yeah, we're a, we're a supporter group for the Panthers. Um, you know, we've got uh, we're about 6,000 members right now, really worldwide. We've got 44 different chapters. Um, four or five of those are international. We've got full chapters in uh, Germany, uh, in London, in Australia, in Mexico, uh, which is really cool. But, you know, really what we do is um, at home, we get together and throw a, a really big tailgate. We've got about 1,000 people. Uh, that come out every single Sunday for the home games. We travel to all the away games together. Uh, we put together basically like all-inclusive packages. Um, you know, if you're flying from Charlotte, you can hop on a plane with us. If you're coming from another city, then, you know, you can link up, grab a hotel, or even just grab, um, you know, a entertainment packages if you want to sit with us at the game and tailgate and stuff like that. But, um, and then, you know, the main thing and really kind of how it got started was, um, you know, the idea of setting up little Panther fan clubs or chapters is what we call them outside of Charlotte. Um, you know, I lived in Philly for about three years and it was just brutal watching uh, the Panthers up there, you know, finding a bar that would even play the game. Uh, and that was the one in 15 year too. So it was, you know, made it even worse. 
Uh, but, you know, finding a bar that would play the game, getting, you know, shit talk to me. I'm sorry. I don't know if this is a PG-13 show or no, not. You're but, good. Uh, let, let it fly. <laughs> let it fly. It's okay. You know, getting, uh, getting things thrown at me by the Eagles fans at the bar up there. So, you know, I just always had this vision of uh, Panther fans being able to, whether they're traveling to different cities or they're displaced from the Carolinas, living in different cities, have an opportunity to get together with other Panther fans and, you know, enjoy uh, enjoy the game together. So, you know, we're, we're proud that we have 44 of those set up. But, um, yeah, really our, our core philosophy when we travel is to, to keep everybody together. And that's really some of the favorite, you know, favorite parts of what we do, at least for me, is, um, you know, flying together, staying in the same hotel, you know, going out together every night. Um, you know, if we're in fun cities, we'll do different excursions together. Like we went to NASA and Houston, just, you know, as an example. Uh, but, you know, doing that with, uh, you know, your kind of extended Panther family, um, you know, friends, it's just a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just so crazy to see how far it's come, um, not just like, you know, the riot, but just the, the Panthers fan base as a whole in the past few years. And I think you've been such an instrumental and huge part of that. Um, I remember I was telling these guys, I feel like, you know, somebody who didn't invest in Apple back in the day, because I remember back in those like the 2013, like the huddle tailgate, you know, right. like, and there was like 12 of us. And we were just having a great time with the gym bucket. But um, those were fun, too, man. Remember the year we uh, we all chipped in and got the, our private portage on for like. The, oh, my God. man. <laughs> Absolutely. We would let the girls use the Porta John, but any guy that walked up had to beat it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, man. It's man, I, those were those were fun times. I was me and Matt don't know how we got back from Charlotte a lot of those times. Oh yeah, man, uh, so back in yeah, it was the pit. It was a Pittsburgh game in uh, what twenty was it 2013, 2014? Yeah, so many of these just start to blend together. But it was a Sunday night sure. game where we just got absolutely destroyed. And there's a picture I still have on my phone of me and Corey holding the sign up out outside. Um, after we had drank way too much, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, party juice you had? Corey, yeah, I brought the party brought? juice down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Some of those nights were just a, were just a blur. Um, but man, just good I, times. I love what we do, and I, you know, I love the size of the tailgate, and you know how many people like since we've had it in this format since 2015. You know, and you just see like it started off in these little clicks, right? You know, little yeah. groups of people and it just continues every year to grow and grow as the clicks kind of intermingle and everybody gets to know one another. But I'd be lying if I said every now and then there, you know, I wasn't just, uh, I wish I couldn't just kick in the back of my Jeep and throw a freaking, you know, grill out there with a cooler and just sit back and chill a little bit. So I miss those days every now and then, but, um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a ton of fun. I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, dude, I'll be cruising around Winston and like see a, a riot sticker and be like, <laughs> "Me too, absolutely." <laughs> I was at I was at the Brewers kettle here uh, in Kernsville, uh, probably two weekends ago. They had this food truck festival, and there was a random guy walking around with uh, the riot shirt from I think two years ago. Man, so you know, just this small town that I mean, I wouldn't expect to see you know another yeah. member you know walk around. So that's cool, man. No, that's I mean that stuff still gets me, man. Like I had somebody uh, send me a picture. They were um, actually up at Tiga K, um, and uh, there was a riot flag hanging over a boat slip, and someone took a picture and was like, "Is this your boat slip?" <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> that yeah, is it's so cool, awesome. cool to see stuff like that, and especially like if I don't know the person and you know they don't know who I am, that makes it even better too, because it's you know it's always well beyond me or anything that I've done. It's always about the community. It's always about the group. So, um, you just to see somebody walking down the street and just kind of give them a nod and wave to them, or, you know, maybe have a quick conversation about the roaring riot with them. Um, you know, as two strangers, it's always, uh, it's always cool. So the schedule's out. What trip are you most excited about this year? I'm guessing Miami. I don't know, but Miami seems like it's going to be a blast. Everybody's guessing Miami. Um, no, that's actually the correct guess. So you got it. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I mean, who can not be excited about going down to South Florida, right? And that's actually a great day, too, um, you know, being yeah. in late November. So when we played there eight years ago, it was actually the weekend before Thanksgiving and uh, the weather, weather was perfect. So, you know, I was dreading that game. Um, I was worried that it would be a September game. Um, so now we, we did well there. I actually wanted the Buffalo game to be a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, I guess it's a little bit like Lambo two years ago, where if you're going to go, you got to deal with that cold. So, uh, just based on the deposits that we've had, it looks like Dallas and, and Buffalo and Miami are going to be the big ones, which is what we expected. Um, you know, we're doing some, some work on new Orleans now, since that Friday is new year's Eve. Um, you know, it's a little bit tricky because it's new year's Eve. Obviously new Orleans is a big destination. They've got the bowl game the next day. Um, and then the Panthers and Saints on Sunday. So there's a lot going on that weekend. So it's a little bit expensive, but, um, you know, we're trying to get creative there and see if we can, um, you know, make a, make a fun weekend out of it. So I'm just ready to get back on the road, man. After, uh, you know, after <laughs> missing all of last season and, you know, to be completely honest, I was starting to get burned out after 2019, you know, those two back-to-back losing seasons and, and walking out of all those away games, um, you know, taking those L's, it was just, it was getting tiring and, um, you know, last season was just kind of a good kick in the butt to make me realize, uh, you know, how special this group is. And, you know, I'll never take that for granted again. So I'm, uh, I'm ready to get out there, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's exciting. Um, I think just the excitement of the all season is building um, just with the way the teams, between the way the teams move in, uh, the way the front office is, is, is evolving in front of our eyes. I mean, you bring Dan Morgan back. Scott Fitter doing the work that he did in the draft. What were your thoughts on the draft? I mean, I, yeah. I don't know how you can't be not excited about what they did. It was just, it was wild, right? Like so different than anything that, you know, we as fans have experienced, whether it was, you know, the Herney years, then the Gettleman, then back to the Herney years, you know, Gettleman did some of the same thing as Herney where we're used to, giving picks away to move up coming out with fewer players and then to see, you know, this new strategy, um, you know, where they're constantly trading back and, you know, moving around all over the place and coming out with, you know, a ton of, of talented players. Um, it was crazy. And I think, you know, I was sitting back as it was happening you know, the first couple of trades really just kind of confused. And I think a lot of fans, you know, reacted like that too, at least, you know, from being on Twitter, it was just kind of like, you know, we're ready to have our pick and then we moved and then we moved back again. And it's kind of like, you know, what the hell's going on. But then when, when the dust kind of settled and you really like looked at what they were doing and how they were moving around and then the players, they were still able to acquire at those positions. It was like, you know, this is, this is different. This is fun. This is what it, this is what it looks like a smart GM, at least on paper. Right. I mean, we still need to see the guys on, on the field and they need to, you know, play and produce, but you know, on paper, it was like, this is how it should be. Right. And and I, I look at that and and said, wow, is that what it feels like to have a competent GM? (laughs) Corey said after day two, he said, I feel like I need a cigarette after that. That was was, was fun. And it's like, man, you know, now, now I'm starting to, you know, get invested in those, you know, day two, uh, day three of the draft and it's like man right. you know it's nice to actually you know see a front office that is going for it and making smart decisions and trying to fill the gaps that we have with with more value and, and have future value because you know the sam trades basically paid off now yep. absolutely with totally. all those- yeah, no, I think you're right. I think even, uh, you know, Rule even said something to that effect too. one of the press conferences was just like, you know, basically like Sam's a wash at this point, as far as, as draft assets that they had to give away. Um, but I'm, I'm the same way too, Matt. Like, you know, I, obviously I watch Thursday, you know, I'm interested in, in Friday too. And then once the weekend comes, you know, I'm not so deep into the draft where I'm going to pretend like I know, you know, in the fifth, fourth and fifth round, like who, you know, who's good and who's not. Um, but with all the activity and everything that was happening, it's like, I found myself, you know, constantly online looking to see what they were doing. And, um, 
yeah, it was, it was just from an entertainment perspective. Like I was way more interested in the draft because of, um, you know, how active they were than I had been in the past. So. so, so with all those new players, who, who are you most excited to, to see the, see in a Panthers uniform this year? Um, I mean, I think the obvious answer is Horn, right? But I, I mean, I'll, I'll say Terrence. Um, I've got some family down in Lafayette, Louisiana, so I kind of secondhand follow LSU a little bit, you know, and, and obviously the success they had a couple years ago. Um, you know, if that kid can stay healthy, I mean, he looks like he's a he's a beast. And, um, you know, I mean, I think with I can't imagine Robbie's going to be back after next year. You know, they need to, to go ahead and uh, lock DJ down, hopefully this year. So, you know, even though it wasn't as glaring need as as cornerback was or the offensive line, you know, wide receiver really was kind of a secondary need. Um, so, you know, if he can stay healthy and, 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 you know, play pretty well this year as the, the third wide receiver, you know, I think there'll be a nice role for him, uh, you know, the following year, but, you know, as far as Horde, man, um, just that guy seems like a beast. And I think when you go and you, you know, you look at, uh, uh, you know, how he did against the tight end that the Falcons took, I mean, he was, uh, you know, he played him really dog. well and, um, dog. It was almost like a, a counter to that pick, you know, once the Panthers were, were pretty confident and I knew they were, I knew they, they thought Pitts was going to, to the Falcons and he did, um, you know, it was almost like a counter to, to that move there, which I got no problem with that, you know, and, I, and to me, that was their weakest position. And I think they believed that too. I mean, you could argue offensive line, but, you know, corner was certainly a, a, a big hole for them. So Dante trying to go up against that guy. No disrespect, Dante. (laughs) No, no. And and that was something that we had talked about in in previous episodes when we were leading up to the draft. Um, We kind of broke down some players to potentially watch, and we didn't go quarterback first round. And and JC was a guy that I broke down film on and Mm -hmm. really dove into. And and it stood out, you know, in my opinion, he was the best corner in the draft. Um, And I didn't think that a lot of people, you know, had that same feeling. It was mostly like certain. Um, but I, so I was very happy with, with what he brings and, and, you know, not only his, you know, his skills on the field, but also the attitude he brings, uh, you know, to the field as well. Um, just some things that I was excited about, you know, I was very happy with the pick. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be fun, man. So it's cool to see them, uh, just seeing some photos of them, all the rookies this past week out on the field, getting out there. And I mean, just seeing practice look pretty close to normal, you know, the reporters were back out there pretty close to normal. I mean, that's <laughs> It feels a lot better, man. It almost feels like, you know, we're getting closer to real life and real football again. Speaking of normal, so how excited are you and what goes into this whole process of securing and getting a section for the Roaring Riot at Bank of America Stadium? Years in the and, making, right? I mean, yeah. how excited are you for that? Like, how, how big that's going to be sick. You know, it's – well, to be honest, it didn't work out exactly the way that we wanted to. I mean, we're definitely – it's another baby step forward. Um, you know, it's, it, so last year it started where we on our own, um, you know, once they let fans back in and the, the reduced capacity, it was that, that Falcons, was that a Thursday night game? I think it was, Yeah. Um, you know, we just on our own um, got a bunch of, you know, members together and said, Hey, like this, let's, you know, we're not many people are going to games. I actually hadn't planned on going to more than, you know, that game and said, Hey, let's just go to this one as a, as a group and we'll get some tickets. And I think we ended up, um, like 150 or so there, you know, obviously all spread out. And I think it ended up being three sections to accommodate that number. Um, but it was a blast. Uh, we got in a little bit of trouble with the Panthers just because, you know, of course, the way they did it was you had to stay in your pod. So you had like a two person or a four person pod and everything was, was um, you know, spaced out and they did a really good job of, of distancing. Um, but, you know, 
our group hadn't been together in over a year. And so when we have 150 of us, even though we have our own pods, like immediately everybody's just, and they're just, they were not very pleased. And uh, once the game started, everybody cooled out a little bit. Um, but then from there, it was pretty funny. I think it was the bears game. And it was kind of the perfect storm because it was the reduced capacity at that time. The bears were either undefeated or, or had lost one game. Um, Chicago wasn't allowing fans in and of course, there are tons of, of you know, Bears transplants in North Carolina, South Carolina. So uh, they just completely dominated the stadium. You know, out of the 5,000 tickets or whatever it was, they probably had 4,500. I mean, it was just pretty ridiculous. And um, there was a point where um, somebody went down hurt and um, a Let's Go Bears chant started in the stadium. And it was just so loud. Um, and it ended up pissing Tepper off really, really bad to where three days later, you know, they have manager meetings. He was still talking about it three days later. Um, so through my relationship with, with Joe Labou at the Panthers, um, who manages the tickets and, and has become a pretty good friend of mine, um, Dave actually reached out to me, which was pretty interesting. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I, you know, he, Joe told me that Dave was going to call. I missed the call actually. And I called him back and, and Dave answered the phone and, and was like, um, hey, Zach. I was like, what's up, Dave? <laughs> it's like it was a, a normal conversation. But, you know, he said to me then that and, and this is, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of hot and cold up and down on, on Tepper. And I think there's some of the things he's, he's done are questionable. Like I'm still a fan of his just because I like the changes and I like the, the progressiveness and I like how he wants to, to take risk and be good. You know, he has made some mistakes along the way. And I think he's kind of identified those and, and tried to, to learn from those. So I'll take his type of ownership over what we had before. But what he said to me was how upset he was that the home field advantage was lost and that we didn't have Panther, you know, enough Panther fans in there. And he wanted to, to work with us to make sure that we, you know, had had a better representation of louder fans and stuff. So I just thought it was really cool that the owner took time to actually call me because he was pissed off because there were so many opposing fans in our stadium. And I'm like, Yes, like we've yeah. as Panther fans, like we've been living this for twenty something years, man. Yeah. Like yes, you were speaking my language. So, that's, that's um, awesome. so we're still working on it. You know, we we've got a couple um, things that we're trying to do. I mean, ultimately, I would love to have a, a lower level section, um, and it doesn't look like that's going to come to fruition this year. Um, but we will have something in the uppers, and you know, it's it's better than nothing. You got to start somewhere, but you know, we want to. That's not exactly what our goal is, but we want to keep building towards that. And, and you know, hopefully one day we have an upper and a lower section, um, you know, that can basically call keep pounding back and forth and, you know, just do some stuff in both levels to, to be to be loud. That's always been the thing. Me and Corey's always joked around and talked about it. It's funny when you see people wearing, you know, teams jerseys that aren't even playing that day you know we're walking around and we're, we're playing somebody and there's guys in giants jerseys and it's one of those things just you know just pisses you off and just gets to you i mean because i remember before the riot even started you know a big thing in the you know in the upper level at least that i dealt with is you know you had people telling you to sit down you know when we're out on defense or, oh, yeah. or you know people making noise on offense you know just things like that you know and that's why i'm so thankful that that you you know started this um, because, you know, change the culture, that's that's the whole uh, mantra, and, and you're starting to see that, um, and, and this group of Panthers fans, it, it, it shows how much it's, not only we're growing as a team and an organization, but also as a fan base. 
Um, yeah. And, and I think you said it earlier too, uh, to Matt, it was like, it's, it's, I mean, certainly our group is, is doing some work and, and, you know, we're taking an active role, but it's well beyond us too. I mean, you can see the entire fan base is changing. And um, uh, I remember specifically like in Washington a couple of years ago, and then there was a Rams game, um, maybe 2014 uh, and the Jets game where we played up there four years ago, it was incredible how many Panther fans you saw on the road like that. And, and, you know, that just never happened before. I mean, I've been traveling to every single game since 2014, I think. And, you know, I would go to, to several road games before that. Um, and that's, again, that's kind of how we started doing what we were doing. Like we used to travel to Atlanta and at that time we would just, you know, we were broke younger in early twenties. Right. And we would just, whatever cheap ticket we could find in the parking lot or whatever, you know, we'd all sit in different places and, there were no Panther fans there. And then one year, I guess it was 2013, maybe, or 12, we just decided to get a bus and, and you know, filled it up with people that we tailgated with. And we got a, a block of 50 or 60 tickets together and it just changed everything. I mean, we were in the last three rows of the Georgia Dome at the time, right? But it didn't matter. We just stood up the whole time. We were loud. You know, they kept turning around and yelling at us to shut up. And it was like, there's 60 of us together. Like, we're going to be loud. Like there's not really anything you can do to keep us quiet. And it was just a completely different experience. So, you know, that's what I was alluding to earlier, like the opportunity to sit together, whether it's the lower level or the upper level, like for me, obviously we want to always have the best tickets we can possibly get. Right. But it doesn't matter. Like if we're in the upper deck, if we're in the top three rows or five rows of whatever stadium, like they're still going to hear us on the field when we have several hundred of us together, you know, and, and, you know, Cam would always say that too. We did an event with his charity and he had this really cool quote and I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close. He said that when he gets in uh, to the stadium and he gets on the field, the first thing he does is he finds his kids and then he finds his parents and then he finds where the roaring riot is sitting. And it was just like, like, that's, you know, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That was that was that was a big thing for me. I mean, obviously, Cam is my all time favorite Panther. And, and you know what Thanks. he did for the organization is, you know, unbelievable. But when you start to hear him talking in his weekly press conferences about Roy and um, man, like that's that's cool stuff. And that was kind of a, a question that I had uh, written down here is that you talked about what it was like um, speaking with Tepper and working with the Panthers organization. Um, what, what's it like? you know, having put on those events with former Panthers players or current Panthers players. Oh, I know you guys always did what cruising with Cam when you guys went down to Lake Norman. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, a great relationship with Cam and, you know, it's funny. People have, have tried to uh, really kind of insult me, I think saying that, you know, our group, our fan base would be nothing without Cam, but like, that's not an insult. Like that's obvious, man. Like, you know what I mean? Cam has completely changed this franchise. Um, you know, he, he made it cool to be a Panthers fan, you know, uh, back and starting back in 2015 with, with just the way he was and, you know, unapologetically himself and, you know, just did his thing. And, um, you know, we, we loved having a relationship with him. Certainly we wouldn't have been able to, to motivate as many fans as we, we, you know, did without him being on the team. And, you know, we saw that when he left, you know, we lost, uh, you know, a good portion of our membership base because they were just kind of, you know, they were upset with the way that, um, you know, he, he was let go and how that thing, how that whole thing went down, which you know, I don't blame him. I'm not mad at any fan for being upset about that too. Um, but yeah, it was being able to, uh, to work with Cam for me, it was different. Cause you know, we're around a lot of players, you know, a good amount of time and I don't necessarily get starstruck, but I remember the first time I, I met Cam, he was doing, uh, Santa cam. Um, that's where he goes around, uh, you know, right before Christmas and, and he'll visit schools and, you know, he's gone to soup kitchens and, you know, just basically pops up and, and, you know, 
says hello to everybody, does like bring some kind of nice donation that's relevant to whatever, you know, if it's the school, he'll bring, you know, books or bikes, things like that. But they reached out to us in 2015 and said that they wanted us to be uh, the last stop on Santa Cam. And the way we set it up was we were acting like, I, you know, the Roaring Riot was throwing a party. You know, we just, we were, they wanted us to only have like a hundred people there. And really what it was, was Cam was going to come in, say hi, pick up the tab for the, you know, the food and all that stuff. And, and they called me when he got there. And so I had to go out back to bring him in. And I remember I walked out and it's kind of this surreal scene because, and I, I was lucky. I actually ended up getting to be one of the drivers for the future Santa cams. And it's really cool. Cause we had all these SUVs, we have police escorts, like getting a police escort through is one of the coolest things. Like he's and um, I started talking to, to Derek Anderson and Joe Webb were there with him. And I was talking to him and all of a sudden this hand, like, you know, slaps me on the, on the shoulder. And I turn around and it was cam and I felt my knees buckle, man. It was just like the first time I like was legit starstruck. and was just like, uh, you know, I mean, I sure I'd said something really stupid to him, but um, uh, yeah, it was cool, man. And uh, tough to see him go. You know, we always have talked to, to different Panthers people and, you know, different people in the media about what life, without cam our after cam is going to be like because you know if you're somebody like me trying to motivate fans to come out like cam does so much for you if you're a digital content creator like having you know being able to write about cam or take pictures and make videos of cam like like everybody watches those right whether they love them or hate them so we always talked about like man like you know what's it going to look like when he's gone and um honestly i thought we had another five or six years man i was ready to ready to actually like think about it as like happening and um so it's tough man but you know yeah we you know i thought he was a a selfish me first guy right yeah yeah that's that's how some people wanted to paint him in in panthers world but we were going to do a whole a whole like two-hour podcast that you're more than welcome to come back to where we just lay all out there for all the cam haters and we are just going to destroy them so you want to come on that you're more than welcome (laughs) i do have some good ones and one i'll tell this one really quick actually because i think it's cool um you know actually it was during one of the santa cams um we went and delivered food to a to a soup kitchen and all the drivers we stayed outside and and cam and his dad had gone inside and, and kim the lady that runs this foundation was like hey you should you know come in and check this out and i walked in and uh Cam and his dad were in the middle of a circle of all the, you know, the, the employees and all the volunteers at the soup kitchen who were there and they were all singing a Christmas carol together. Like Cam was fully in just, you know, no cameras were inside because, you know, everybody's always like, oh, he's doing it for the camera. There were no cameras, man. Everybody was outside. It was him and his dad and just the employees. And like three of us like peeked our heads, his heads in and watched. And it was just like, you know, this is why I always have this guy's back, man. So he's a, He's, when it comes to the kids and it comes to his foundation and stuff, like he's as real as it gets when it comes to that stuff, man. Yeah, everything so, that he did for the community. I mean, even the uh, the uh, Thanksgiving events at uh, Top Golf. Um, I mean, man, he's just so much that that, that guy did for the community. Um, and, and what are your thoughts on the uh, the Patriots game this season? Uh, how excited are you about that? Yeah, it makes me sick to my stomach if I'm being completely honest. Like, I, I honestly, I don't even know if I can go to that game. Like, that's how. It's gonna mess me up, man. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. You know, it's like I, I I was supposed to go to Baltimore for the Smitty's Blood and Guts game, and I ended up not going up there. Thank God, uh, that would have just been a disaster. But um, <laughs> you know, I I don't know, man. Like if Cam does well, I'm gonna feel terrible. If Cam does poorly, I'm gonna feel terrible. Like I just you know, I mean, just seeing him in that jersey in person, I'm gonna feel terrible. So I might uh I might go to Mexico for that one or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I'm there, I've got to be in my my Cam Panthers jersey, though. I've, yeah, that, that's the only way to do it. Um, yeah, but you, not a Cam Patriots jersey, a Cam Panthers jersey. I, yeah. I, I agree. That's probably the move. Yeah. So you you touched on something I kind of wanted to ask about. So you said life after Cam and 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 how we how we move forward. So we talked a little bit about it, but do you think Sam can be can be a guy that can help us push past that? Do you do you believe in in Sam and the pieces that they put around him? Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna have to see it. I mean, I think good thing about Sam is he's not Teddy, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple things happened. Um, you know, the Panthers really sh- showed their hand here, where it was obvious they wanted to move on from Teddy. The fan base wanted to move on from Teddy. The the organization, whether it was some of the comments that Tepper made or Rule made, I mean, they made it pretty obvious that they were going to do something. So when Stafford fell through and the Deshaun stuff happened. You know, at that point, it's like they needed to do something because if they rolled Teddy back out there, I mean, at that point, apathy is going to start setting in and people are just going to lose their mind. Um, You know, I can't imagine trying to get people to go to Miami in November to watch, you know, Teddy week, whatever that is, 13 or 14. Um, So they had to do something. So for me, it's like the worst case scenario. I think Sam is going to be the same skill level as Teddy. Um, and then we'll kind of be back in the same situation, you know, where we are, uh, where we were going into next year, or maybe like other people are saying, maybe it was the Jets organization and their coaching and their lack of, uh, you know, skill players and offensive line that was around them. And now he's with some studs really. So, yeah. um, you know, if he can, uh, if we can give him a little bit of time and he can just get the ball out of his hands and, um, you know, maybe he can be good here, but it's the tough thing is they'll, I don't want to say never, but replacing the charisma and replacing the swag and replacing the the leadership and the identity, uh, you know, Cam was a once in a lifetime player in that regard, right? Like those people don't come around all the, all the time. And, you know, Christian being the the face of the franchise and Christian's incredible, but like, he's just got a fraction of the charisma that, that Cam has, you know what I mean? Um, So replacing something like that, it will be uh will be a, again, I don't want to say never or impossible, but like, that's something that's just going to be really, really hard to do. But I hope Sam plays well, man. I mean, I'm excited to at least, I'm at least more excited going into this season to see what he can do uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, if, if, sorry, Teddy, if he rolled out there. After yeah. watching two years of, you know, Kyle Allen and then, you know, Teddy back to back. I mean, that's, it's been tough, man. It's, it's, it's been tough. Well, one of the last times I was in Bank of America was Cam's last game. Um, and then I, I did go to the, the Tennessee game that same year, but man, it's just, it, you, you have so many good memories in there. And then, you know, you just had that bad taste in your mouth for, you know, here recently. And mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's tough to get over it and you just try to find success. Cause not only were we replacing Cam, I mean, we were, you know, still having to deal with the loss of Luke as well. Right. And as much as I love Cam, you know, and, and I've taken some flack for this too, is I'm good at kind of just compartmentalizing that, knowing that like, as a fan, sure, that hurts that I've lost, like like you guys said, my favorite Panther of all time. But also, like, I'm a Panthers fan, and, like, I'm excited for change and for the future and yeah. moving forward. Like, I'm I'm equally as happy as that about that and excited about that as I am feeling sadness about losing my, my favorite guy. Um, so it's just it's just a part about being in sports, man. It's all, you know, cyclical, really. It's ups and downs, and it's starting over and new players and – you know, so I'm, I'm excited to see what some of these young guys can do, especially the way that defense started gelling towards the end of the last year with, you know, I mean, they were playing with practice squad players at one point or certainly undrafted guys at the end of the year. Um, 
you know, I can't remember the exact number, but I, I think at one point they had like six or seven playing at the same time. Like it was crazy. Yeah. So it was nice to see them come together and, um, you know, adding Reddick, that seems scary, him and Burns out there. So, yeah, man, I think it'll be fun. So, yes, speaking of like change, I mean, I've, you know, I was at the the, the riot tailgate where Tepper showed up. I don't know how, how many you need to come into, but so I know he's, I know he's been around. So have you gotten to interact with like rule coach rule at all or, um, you know, and if you have like, you know, you seem like a pretty cool guy behind the scenes. I actually have not, um, no? you know, Josh, who works with us that, that runs the, uh, the riot report, you know, he's in there talking to him pretty frequently. And, um, you know, I know they've had a good rapport. I don't know if you guys saw a few weeks ago, like, you know, Josh, they started talking about Dave Matthews. Yeah. And, yeah. And Josh is actually a gigantic Dave Matthews fan. Like it's literally playing in the office. Like, you know, I'll walk in and he's in there by himself playing Dave Matthews. So of course he perked up and uh, asked the follow-up questions about, uh, you know, the tour coming out this summer and his favorite song. So, um, but it seems like he does have a, you know, a good personality. And I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's got a lot of control over there. It seems like, so yeah. if he's, uh, you know, if he ends up being a good coach, then we can be in, you know, in good shape. So, um, uh, but no, I, I haven't, I haven't done anything with him personally. Just, oh, yeah. uh, just my phone call with, with Dave that I like to talk about. <laughs> that's, that's pretty freaking awesome though. I, I know that we talked about the away game experiences this year, but the, uh, the, the home tailgates are going to change a little bit this year as well. I know we lost our, our usual spot. Um, have you guys found a new location yet? We've, we've got three that we're working on right now. Um, one is actually like I could lock it down right now, but it's my least favorite of the three. It would be fine. Um, it's just a basically like it, it wraps in front and around a building. So it's like a big U. So it's a little bit, you know, the dynamics a little bit weird. It's really close to the stadium. Um, but there are two others that I'm trying to to get to first. So it's this it's a little frustrating that, you know, they're basically now that this, the schedule's out, all the parking people are starting to put pricing in place. You know, they didn't really want to do anything until they, I don't think they get the contracts until the season's out, you know, blah, blah, blah. So unfortunately we're on their timeline and not mine. Cause I would have had this done in April. Right? <laughs> um, so I'm optimistic about it. I mean, there are a couple of good options um, and hopefully we'll get a lockdown pretty soon so we can, you know, just start doing the other logistics stuff we need to do for the tailgate. But, uh, you know, I've got about two months, basically, you know, if I get to, to middle of July and, you know, I don't have one of the other two locked down, then one, I'm going to panic a little bit. And two, you know, we'll go with the option that we know we can secure now. So it'll be fine. But yeah, it, it was tough to move from that spot. You know, we've been there since 2015. We'd certainly overgrown it. I mean, that was, you know, that was no lie. We needed to find a bigger space, but it was just it was convenient. It worked. We knew what we were doing over there. We liked it over there. Um, so this is kind of a, a good problem to have to find a better solution. And we knew it was coming. I mean, they were going to develop those tracks at some point anyway. I was hoping that maybe because of COVID, it had uh, you know, slowed them down a year. But no, uh, we'll have some trolley going somewhere on those tracks. Just, <laughs> just what we need in Charlotte. Another trolley going to some <laughs> affluent neighborhood. where. <laughs> I'm sure wherever it ends up being, it's going to be absolutely outstanding, though. So yeah, no, well, you guys are amazing. We actually good. shared a we actually shared a picture like right before you hopped on. Matt Matt had it on his phone of, of it was like me, Matt, my brother, and some other people at the 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 old spot in 2015, yes. right before the NFC Championship game. And man, just you talk about memories. But 
Um, I think we had uh, I think we had 14 kegs in the trailer. Talking about for the Cardinals yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was, that was the most we've ever rolled with there. We had them stacked. I think we had to go three high. Like we had to put one sideways, like to get it all the way over there. So um, yeah, we have some good memories there. But it kind of a joke that we've been making too. And there's a little truth behind it. Is you know that place was like a mosh pit. And I think coming out of COVID, like having a bigger parking lot's probably okay. Like having a little bit more space, you know, yeah. it's probably going to be fine for everybody. So. So yeah, before before we get out of here, um, I know you know this is obviously a football and a Panthers podcast, but you know Charlotte's got an MLS team coming. So I know you've been doing some work with that too. Um, do you want to touch on on that group and kind of kind of what your your plans and vision is for that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm real excited about uh, the MLS coming here. I actually um, I played soccer my whole life. I played my freshman year in college, so it's you know even though I've kind of evolved more into a NFL and a, and a football, you know, guy instead of soccer. I don't know is the players like I did 20 years ago. Like it's always been a big love of mine. So real excited for Charlotte FC. Uh, we launched, I guess it's been about a year and a half. We launched a group called the Mint City Collective. Um, and, you know, I'm real proud of the, the work we did. There were about six or eight of us that kind of came together and, and really felt like there was a good opportunity for for Charlotte and for Tepper to, to get a franchise. And so we wanted to be ahead of the curve. And um, I think going through the whole process of, of that brand and that name was just, it was fun. And to see what's happened since then, you know, like we were looking at Charlotte and, you know, trying to, f- f- you know, basically create culture in a city that doesn't have a lot of culture. You know, we have bank and, and beers and, you know, like what else? Money, yeah. right? So we were trying, and then we have a bunch of transplants and, you know, and for, for NFL, that sucks for us, right? Cause we have all the bears fans and all the Steelers fans and we have all, you know, the, all the bills fans, but for, for MLS, you know, a lot of those cities don't have MLS teams or, you know, maybe those people don't have a strong allegiance to those teams. So we really saw the transplants as a plus, right. As an opportunity to convert them because now they're Charlotte residents to convert them to Charlotte FC fans. So that's where, you know, Mint City, um, you know, playing off of money, you know, the old money where Charlotte was actually the first mint outside of Philadelphia because of the gold rush. They had to create a mint in Charlotte. Um, and then, uh, you know, being a, one of the, the leading financial hubs in the country in present day. And then even the literal stuff where the stadium's on Mint Street, yeah. um, you know, and then collective just being a, a hodgepodge, a group of transplants of all kinds of different people, but also playing on our goal and desire to make it a diverse uh, group too, whether that's, you know, different socioeco levels, different races, different sexes, you know, we just wanted to, we wanted to be uh, in certainly all different levels of soccer, right? That's, that's kind of our big thing is we don't want to be the ultras. We don't want to be the diehards. We want people who don't know what offsides is or why the difference between a yellow card and a red card, but they like Charlotte and they like community and they like cheering on their teams. They like tailgating, you know, so we, we wanted to build it for them, but um, just seeing how we've affected other brands where, you know, the Hornets all of a sudden, uh, you know, they, they launched a, a mint Jersey and they're really keying into the, the financial uh, you know, the, the, the mint aspect of the city too. Um, seeing how even Charlotte FC, uh, you know, incorporated minted into their brand instead of established. So, um, you know, I have two wins, right? That That's so sick. don't make me any, have, you know, no monetary value to them, but like my most proud and, and biggest accomplishments are having a Roaring Riot beer in Bank of America Stadium and creating the Mint City Collective and seeing how, you know, we've affected professional sports franchises, you know, that we love in the city of Charlotte, like, 
pretty damn cool, man. That's absolutely amazing, dude. Yeah. Awesome, dude. awesome impact on the on just the city of Charlotte as a whole. That's yeah, that's it's so like cool. you know, it's again, we created culture in a city that doesn't have culture, and it was cool enough to where you know the the Hornets are now making it even cooler, which great. Like we love that they did that, you know, and we hope that Charlotte FC brings the color mint in too. Like that would be that would be dope. So um, yeah, it's just it's just fun, and we took a lot of a lot of shit for that, man, because creating the nickname mint city when charlotte is obviously the queen city you know a lot of people didn't like that um and, and asked why we were doing that so it's fun to to now we have two nicknames basically so it's cool stuff yeah and it's like probably something that your average person on the street doesn't even realize you know and you're just incorporating that into these huge you know absolutely huge like multi-million billion dollar industries it's just just absolutely amazing but yeah totally and we're about a year out from that uh that you know their inaugural season kicking off so you know we expect a lot of you know players and managers and kit reveals so like all the fun stuff for the soccer should be uh you know starting to happen here pretty soon so should be a good year i know you mentioned the, the hornets a little bit ago uh how do you feel about the game that's getting ready to tip here in a little bit <laughs> i know we've it's been a rough that's exactly month. how i feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah um man you know what a great season for them. Obviously the last, uh, last month or so was pretty disappointing. I mean, Hayward being out for so long, you know, basically what ended up being for the entire year, like that's disappointing, but you know, it's fun that the Hornets have, um, have some promise, right? Like they're exciting. Yeah. And they were exciting last year, like, you know, before the COVID stuff. I mean, it was like we, Josh and I would go to the game and we'd be entertained all the way through the fourth quarter. And then they would end up losing by like two. And it was like, great. Like, yep. that's what we wanted. Like we yep. had a close game. The young guys played hard and like, didn't affect our lottery position, um, you know, but this year, and it's funny, I'm, I, I certainly wasn't excited about LaMelo and I'm so happy to be like completely wrong and, you know, stick my entire foot in my mouth about that. <laughs> God, I love watching that. I've never, I haven't owned a uh, Hornets jersey. I'm not a big jersey guy anymore, but I haven't owned one since I'm a kid and I have a mint LaMelo jersey that I'm going to wear probably with no, no shirt underneath it next year. To every single game so <laughs> it's just the coldest look around man <laughs> so well, yeah no this game's uh i'm a little worried about this game i'm actually gonna you know watch it here in a little bit but uh either way man like it was a great season and uh you know it, it wasn't it's still year two of a real rebuild for them so like let's just keep it in, in perspective you know and call it what it is yeah and, and without the injuries you're you're probably looking at a much better situation with the playing games and at least being in that six seven game instead of this or instead of totally. at least being in the seven, eight game instead of this nine, 10 game. Yeah, totally. The injuries were, you know, I know all teams go through that, but good Lord, man. I mean, <laughs> it seems like they had three starters out for 75% of the season, whether, you know, like it was three different starters each time. So it's crazy. And then right when Malik started to get going, then he got hurt with the ankle injury. And so it's just been, you know, something, one thing after the other. That's just being a Hornets fan, man. Yeah. <laughs> now just we're no longer the laughing stock. So give uh, give Lamelo Rookie of the Year, though. Come on, please. The that time, the timeout. The, the, there was nobody that that stepped up while he was out and and took it and, and took that crown for him. He he deserves it. Yep, you've got to so, unite the ride on that. You know, yeah. on the Hornets social media team has done a great job here recently uh, as far as pushing that. So I'm happy to see that. Little teaser though before I leave, uh, check out uh, "Bring Back the Buzz" tweet uh, a little bit ago. They they did a little uh, video that was kind of fun, a little uh, foreshadowing, if you will. Mm. So check that out. Check that out for sure. We'll have to for sure. But yeah, man. Before you go, um, I just want to say again from us, man, we we are so appreciative to, for your time and that you you took the time out of your day and your busy travel schedule to 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 come on here and just talk with us for a little bit. But 
before you go, you know, tell our listeners, you know, where they can find you at on your socials, you know, how they follow the riot and all that good stuff. So, yeah. and how do they become a member for the riot? Absolutely. Too, when we yes. want to grow this. Yeah, absolutely. So easiest place is just roaringriot.com. You know, we, we have uh, information about the memberships and, and what all is involved there. We've got an exciting new uh, feature for memberships this year where we're launching a digital membership card. So instead of sending a, uh, you know, a plastic card that you have to keep up with, this will be something that can live in your phone's wallet. And it's got a bunch of cool features um, that we're really excited about. And, um, you know, as, as it evolves, we'll learn more and more about its features um, and, and things and ways that'll benefit the members. Um, on June 1st, we'll be uh, putting up all the way game trips and, um, you know, we're going to, we go to every single game. There's nine this year, which is great. We got the extra one, even though Houston's on a Thursday night, um, you know, we're still going to go do it up there um, and have a ton of fun, but yeah, that's it, man. But like, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on. Congratulations on the show. And, um, you know, had a good time talking to you. I hope we, uh, I can't wait to see you guys in person again, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Take care. Bye. Hey, man.